0: Hmm? Okay, can you all hear me now? What What is the point behind the conference? Why did we actually have this conference with that particular theme? And more importantly, is this conference for you? One of the main things that I personally heard, and I am sure a lot of you have heard, have heard as well, is few statements that we all share and see and say all the time. First one. Okay. First one. I cannot believe or accept God's forgiveness. A lot of us would go for confession. I personally made a sin 15 years ago, I confessed about 6 times and a few years back I went to Abuna and said, you know Abuna, I've confessed about 6 times but I want to confess again the belief that it was forgiven, the belief that God doesn't have any debts to demand of me is not sunken yet so a lot of people say, I cannot still believe or accept this full forgiveness from God what else? I do not always feel loved by God Someone might say, well, no, I feel loved by God, come on But I'm saying I do not always feel loved by God A lot of us feel loved by God, but not always So there are other times where I don't really feel I'm loved by God Another common statement I do not feel important to God so I feel I'm something, I'm somebody in the body of the church. But me personally, I don't get the feeling that I am of value. That I mean something special to my God. That I am, that I am different, and that I'm unique, and that I feel important to Him. Another common one, I doubt that God listens seriously to me. Someone might say, well you know, When I'm in church or praying, I believe that God listens to me. But I'm saying here, sometimes when you have pains in your heart, sometimes when you pray in your heart, you don't really have that belief that God is taking you seriously and is listening to what you're saying. Another common statement, I cannot easily trust God. This is something I've heard a lot. People say, you know what, I don't get the concept that people say, just trust in God and move on. Or just be confident because you trust in His love. A lot of us have this statement here, I cannot really fully trust Him. I don't get the concept of trust. Another common statement, I don't know what to expect from God. I've heard this plenty of times. I don't know, shall I expect love now, or is it care, or is it punishment, or is it harshness? I don't know what to expect. A lot of us feel that God is quite unpredictable to them. And they're not sure what to expect. Not just that. Some people even feel watched and tested by God as if God is there to test and examine them you get that feeling as you walk along and go to work or uni that God is actually there watching and testing, examining examining you put up your hand if you think these are common statements I think so what else? I often have an image of a displeased God or a hard to please woman. You find yourself sometimes when you try to imagine God when you're going to your prayer room or your uh, church, the first image that comes out, that comes up to your mind is, what do you have to say today? You have an image of a displeased God already. Before you start even your prayer or your thanksgiving or whatever. Or some have an image imprinted there that is hard to please. And that all you are doing in life is efforts to please this very hard to please God. Next one. I know I'm his son. I know I'm his daughter. I know that. Okay? But I don't enjoy this fatherhood. So there's the knowledge, but I don't really enjoy it. I don't practice it. It's like my son knows that he's my son On his passport, he's my son There's no enjoyment of the relationship There's no um, time spent together, there's no quality I feel his fatherhood is determined by my status and my actions So he's not always a father he can be a father sometimes, but some other times, depending on what I'm doing, depending, depending on what states I'm in, he might change a little bit. Might be a master, for instance. Might be um, my enemy. I mentioned to somebody once, I said, well, God is actually for you. And that was shocking to him. He was like, he's, for, he's with me, he's not against me. So a lot of us still have this f- belief that his fatherhood changes depending on my status or my my actions and last one, I can tell you there's a big gap between what I believe and how I actually feel about his love and care so in theory I have the belief but the, the practice, the feeling has not been touched yet put up your hand if you think these are common statements If this is the case, then this conference is for you. This conference is for you. Because that's something that we will tackle in the conference. These are all common statements. What's the story? The story is when we were children and teenagers, we all had needs. And this is Maslow's um, hierarchy of needs. I'm not saying I agree with Maslow's um, uh, theory, but I'm using it to show that we all had needs. Need to be loved. Need to be cared for. Need for intimacy. Need to feel confident. Need to feel um, valued and have some self-esteem. Need to have boundaries. Need to be made feel free and creative. And need to be to feel belong that we belong. So we all had needs. We all agree. Yes. Who is meant to provide those needs for us to begin with? Primarily mom and dad. Primarily mom and dad are meant to provide um, for us all these needs. Forget about the mom for a minute. Let's focus on the dad. So the dad is a co-provider. So he helps mom in providing for our needs. But the father has a separate role. Has a different and unique role in the relationship. Give an example. My son is five, Benjamin. We were walking down, we were on holiday uh, recently. So my wife has taken him down the beach, walking with him, having fun, jumping, dancing. I come along, I lift him up, put him on the fence, walk on the wall, and I'm gonna be holding your hand. I mean, it's that. Encouraging a bit of risk taking, a bit of adventure, a bit of independence. You go talk to the waitress and tell me what she says to you. That's what I do. His mom will be like, why? You just go do it. I'm giving him some independence, some courage. What I'm trying to say is the father's role is a bit distinctive from the mother's role. Providing something different. Even with the play. Surrounding my wife would play you with Benjamin, with reading a book, doing some homework, coloring. I come along, let's play fight me. Give me your worst enemy. I am uh, Hulk, Hulk. You are Captain America. Let's fight. So I'm adding something that the mother isn't normally adding. On top of that, the father is being assigned by God to be a leader in the relationship And if you read any book on quality of leaderships, you find a leader should be trustworthy, enthusiastic, committed, confident, reliable, stable to hold the team or hold the family a summary of this slide is the father's rule is, is, is different, is important in itself. It's not just a duplication of the mother's rule. Do you agree? Put up your hand if you agree. Okay. But having agreed on that, that means that the father's rule has particular impact on me and you. And this impacts... Includes our emotional security. So the father plays a big role in making us feel safe and secure. Again, I'm going back. to The last time I used my Benjamin's uh, Benjamin's example. On holiday, we had time to talk. So he says to me, Dad, I love you. So, Thank you, Benji. <laughs> why do you? Why do you say that you love me? He says because you protect us from the war. I don't know where this came from. I don't know how strong he thinks I am I don't, I don't know what he thinks about my job I am protecting him from the war What battle is he talking about? But it makes you think that This child sees me as somebody who provides the safety and security to the family The father is important because he also plays a role in the problem solving So they found in research that fathers play a bigger role in helping children Solve problems, think logically about issues, contain the feelings in the house. So if you go back home and father freaks out about a problem and really stressed by it, you're not going to learn problem solving skills because father is meant to be leading in that aspect. Not to bore you with that, again, as we said, father provides um, an additional element of risk taking and independence. Makes you think, sometimes when you're not really, when you're a bit risk aversive, you think about your father in a way. Again, fathers are meant to play a big role in our emotional intelligence. By this I mean how you deal with your own feelings, how you manage your own feelings. Are you aware of feelings? Are you, um, do you surrender to your anxiety? How do you deal with distress? Again, father plays a huge role in that. so Are you still following? father plays a big role in establishing self-esteem. I remember I had a, um, a client once who says to me, you know, I remember very well, 40 years, ago, 40 years ago, when I came to my dad, who is a busy man, and I had my French homework, showed it to him, and I remember very well his sarcastic comment. And I haven't forgotten it for 40 years. Damage his self-esteem. He was presenting his homework thinking, I've done something great as a boy as well, I've achieved that. And he didn't get the response he was hoping to get. His need wasn't supplied at the the particular moment, so that damaged his self-esteem. Again, parents, dads are are supportive in self-control and anger management at home. That's an element that fathers uh, add to the the family and upbringing of children. So you find kids who are better at self-control You, find, you look at the way they were parented You see the father played a role in that um, This is very important Coping with a teenage transition We've all been there, moved from school to uni That transition, teenage from uni to after uni That transition is hard Imagine that you work in a in a small firm And that firm is going to merge with a mega firm who do you look for, the leader isn't it? As an employee, you're watching the leader to see, Is he going to be stable? Is he going to contain the, whole, the anxiety of the whole team? Is he going, how is he going to act and react to the big merge? It's a big transition. We've all had this transition into teenage and all what it brings about in terms of feelings and thoughts and whatever, and change of role and responsibility and challenges. Dads play a huge part here as leaders to provide the stability and the smooth and understanding and containment of all the anxiety. Any disagreement? No check it out no 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 no, okay, move on. You can always stop me and tell me to slow down or be quicker or ask questions. okay, so again, on the father 's role and father 's impact that plays a big role as we've seen in forming this relationship with yourself how you view yourself an example in girls they found that girls who had eating disorders distorted body image i'm fat i'm ugly a lot of them come and say dad didn't never gave me a praise for the way i looked or the opposite remember one very very common one dad told me i'm a fat cow and I was very young never forgotten it sorry for the bad word I used but I want to show you research is saying a lot how a girl is needing to hear that she's attractive from her dad not just mom so a mom saying you look beautiful today is very different from a dad saying you're gorgeous do you agree? and also a relationship with yourself as a boy Boys need to feel competent and, and um, able to achieve. So again, dads provide that for boys. When they say comments, make comments about their, how smart they are, how genius they are, how clever they are. Different from the mum. So they wait for the dad to say, well done, you're very smart. I was dealing with um, brothers before and one of them said, I've never heard that, but I've seen dad say all the time to my elder brother. But never said it to me. I was waiting for him to say something about me. It's like an assessment. He's waiting to see how does he see me? How does he perceive me? Because it plays a big role in how you view yourself. And probably point before the last year is the formation of conscience. So dads play a big part in forming your own conscience. Dads are very critical, for instance the children find themselves having a very harsh conscience unable to accept the work of the free grace as opposed to dads who are more unconditional and loving so the way your conscience is formed is affected a lot by your dad's role in your life put up your hand if you agree with that slide okay thank you and last but not least because this is our important topic for the conference The main impact of the Father's um, role in our lives is how we perceive God. So the huge role that the Father's play in our life is actually influencing how we perceive God. Why? Because God revealed Himself as a Father to us. So whether you like it or not, the way you're fathered, will have impacted on, or affected, or influenced the way you perceive God. God revealed Himself as the Father. So when Jesus was asked about the prayer, He said, when you pray, say, Our Father, who art in heaven. And again, John uh, chapter 1, he says, Those who received Him, Jesus, to them He gave the right to become children of God. So we've all been given the right to become children of God. So it's not an option. It's integral to our belief that we are children of God and that He is a Father. Okay, last one. Again, Lord saying, for your heavenly Father knows your needs. So again, God has portrayed Himself as our Father. So whether you like it or not, whether you disagree or agree with me, the way your Father has definitely affected the way you perceive God as a Father. Put up your hand if you disagree. No. Any questions so far? No. So, so we're going now to our perception of God. As I said, our image of God is shaped by our own experience of our fathers. Let's have an example. If you have an available and responsive father. So if you have an available and responsive dad, you've had a dad who's around, you call him, he comes to you. Last time I called my son again, he says to me before he goes to bed, Dad, when I call you, will you come? Yes, I will. Okay, what if you don't hear me? I'll do my best to hear you. So if you need me, just call me. So if you have an available and responsive father, you find yourself tending to easily believe that when you pray, God is listening. And when you're stuck, and you're praying, you feel a bit easier that God is actually available to you. If you have a caring and a forgiving Father, you find it more acceptable to you, that when the Father, the Heavenly Father, reveals Himself as a loving and a caring and forgiving Father, you find yourself more easily accepting of them. Whereas if you have a father who doesn't forget, doesn't forgive, keeps reminding you of your mistakes, all of that. You remember ten years ago you've done that. You remember you broke this. You find it very hard because you impose, you impose that on your sleep. You impose that same picture, you project it on God. So you find that's why we said in the beginning, you feel that God is watching not forgiving, not easily forgiving, maybe forgiving but still remembering and reminding and you still find it hard to to get the concept if you have a hard to please father then you find yourself automatically thinking god is also a hard to please father and you find yourself making a lot of effort and what pleases you is when you think i've done something great here but then you think well that's not good enough that's not good enough and a lot of us in the room I'm guessing, I'm kind of sure a it. that a lot of us have been through this. That we still think that God is a hard to please person. And sometimes we don't know where this came from, but I'm, we're shedding some light here. That probably, if you have a hard to please father, that can be easily projected on God. Again, if you have a cruel and a mean father, we've talked about God, who is watching and wanting to examine you all the time and trick you, and every trouble you go through, maybe God wants to examine me here. Maybe God's trying to trial me to see to see what my reaction is going to be. That's an attitude that reflects that you think God is a bit of a mean and cruel person, wants to trick you, can't be trusted. I'm reminding you that again, a lot of us who have had the cruel or mean Father. A sarcastic father. That could be um, the case. Imposing that on God himself. Put up your hand if you think this is... um, You agree with that. So, what am I saying here? We all had faultless... No one of us in this room had faultless father. That's a conclusion. Even if you think, well, you know what, Michael, you're talking about very, very dark examples. My father was great. I'm not saying he was bad. But no one had a faultless fatherhood. Do you agree? No one had a a fault. So actually, what we're trying to say, remember, I mean, your father had made mistakes. And this is a time that we'll now to discover the fatherhood of... God, what do you think your father was okay, half-half? Mm, well, I can see his errors or problems. The point that we are saying is not about how to judge your dad. It's actually about how to reconcile with the heavenly father and accept him as he is. So, as I said, we've all had an element of distortion to our fatherhood. This is your homework now, okay? First question. I can't remember ever having a hug from dad. Very common statement. I've heard it personally. I've heard it uh, at least a few times. Never re- I can't remember that. How do you think that would impact on this person's view of God? Give me one, one answer. I'm um, fine. Move on. Because there's no time to have more than one answer. Give me one, one thought. How do you think that person would um, view God? This question is. No, <laughs> I said one, yeah, not an intimate, emotionless and distant, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, uh, not intimate, yeah, distant talks to me through a through a wall or from above, but not really hug, okay, I have never had a one to one with my dad, do you think the view of God, how would that be uh, affected by this, how would that person view God similar, huh no God so again god doesn 't want to listen, want to listen. not taking me seriously, you know the one to one makes a huge difference because it makes people feel i 'm being taken seriously here. Someone is actually okay let 's leave what we're doing. let's have a one to one makes a huge difference a lot, of, a lot of people have very, very busy fathers, sometimes too busy to offer one to one. The belief would be god doesn 't have that time to have one to one with me, okay Dad was never available how that person view God you following or shall I move on Okay. how that person view God you think one answer will be fine it's too important to talk to me it's too important to even listen to what I'm going through and that person would find it very hard to accept the idea that is actually with you. So, says Emmanuel, the Lord is with us. With us, he's, I can't relate to that concept. Okay, He was so harsh, snappy, and unpredictable. We've talked about that and how we find God hard to predict. Don't know what to expect. I've had one person once saying, I'm going to pray, okay, I've had this, we've sat down, we talked, I'm going to pray now, but I want to ask you one question. I said, yeah, of course, yeah, go ahead. He says, I want, to te- I want you to tell me what to expect from God when I go and pray. Is he going to be forgiven still? Is he going to change his turn? Is he going to be, I don't know what to expect. Again, this a reflection sometimes of having a snappy, unpredictable dad, sometimes coming back from home overloaded with work, snaps at everyone, Ooh, or drinking. So again, as a child, you don't know, I mean, he's coming home, he should be playing with me. And then suddenly snappy and shouting, and you think this is very unpredictable, without realizing you build the same idea about God. What to, what to expect? Better avoid him, because I don't know what to get what I'm getting. He was so undermining and critical. Do you think he, how do you think that person views God? Or might view God? How would that affect a person's relationship with God? That nothing is good enough God. Yeah, nothing is, nothing is good enough. And there's that. You know, one, one very common thing that happens here for children born to people like that, or fathers like that at times, is what happens after you sin? Your reaction to sinning. You find people say, you know, once I I make a mistake or realize I haven't prayed for a while or I haven't read the Bible or made a or committed sin, I feel disgusted, critical. I feel like I don't even want to look at myself. There's a sense of disgust, and I don't, I hate myself. If you go back a little bit, you might find, I'm not saying hundred percent, you might find that. Your dad was undermining and critical. So that's how you react and used to react. um, How he used to react to you sinning, making mistakes. And that you've actually projected that onto God. I can't remember a word of praise from him. How do you think that affects our relationship with God? If we have a dad like that. I'm sure a lot of you is thinking, "Well, am I expecting praise from God? Of course not. No. I think because we didn't hear a lot of praise from our dads anyway. How, how, how do you think that would affect our relationship with God?" He had no reward for us. So yeah, so you'd feel that he hasn't got a reward for me. Great. Any other views as well on top of that? One. So you don't, you're not good enough. Nothing would, nothing that you do would be good enough. Nothing would get, get me that word of praise. What else? That's Yeah, you, you get a sense of God is apathetic. He's not really. You, you're never going to excite him. You never get again to say, "Wow, great!" A lot of us have that. A lot of us feel that God can't say something good like, "Great," "Wow," "Fantastic," word of praise. Any disagreement? Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to dwell much on that, because it will come again. All what I'm saying is going to be discussed in the conference, by the way, just an introduction. I didn't have a dad, so again, some of us, I don't know how many, but some of us might say, well, listen, I mean, you're talking about something a little bit different here. Because my dad passed away, or my dad left the family, and I can't remember even having a dad. Uh, how do you think that person... That person's view of God might be affected. Absent Absent God. Yeah, what else? They don't know what it's like to have a father and to have that relationship. Absolutely. They don't know what it's like. So, again, a common statement is people pray, Our Father. I don't know what it means. I've been repeating it for years. I don't know what it means. It doesn't mean anything to me. So the meaning, the weight of the word is not there. I've never really had a dad. uh, Or dad left us when I was very young. Um, Actually, I was reading yesterday, a number of atheists, famous ones, either had their dads, leave the family when they were two or three or died when they were two or three or a bit older or they had a very bad relationship with their parents they actually left um, home or left their dad or rejected their dads including Sigmund Freud including big names like Mark Sartre lots of people had, ma- atheists had major issues with their dads or their dads were not there and you can understand they don't believe that God exists Because to them, dad doesn't mean anything. And God saying, I'm a father, doesn't mean anything. I never had a father. My dad's love praise was always conditional. How does that affect my relationship or my view of God? So the praise, I always get it when I do something. If I don't do, I get punishment. Or I get different face, bad reaction. How will that affect our relationship with God? Absolutely. So you feel that God always has a standard that you want to live up to. The higher you get, the higher the standard. So if you feel that you are doing very, very well, your mind will be saying to you, It's nothing. You haven't pleased me enough. I'm not going to give you anything now. Or when you get something, you always feel threatened. So people who go to conferences or pray or go to a liturgy and they feel really happy, they leave feeling, I'm not sure if this is going to last. And I've had before experience of people going to Abul in front of me. Abul, I don't know. I'm worried that I'm going to lose every blessing I had. So there's that worry that everything is conditional. There's nothing everlasting. So when the Bible and the Father talks about, I'm going to give you a free gift. I'm going to make you my son. I'm going to love you forever. And my love never changes. If you will, I don't feel that. I can't accept it that much. Okay, I'm going to move on. Because... Uh, Maybe that's an important one, and then we can move on. So, dad was passive. The house was led by my mom. How do you think that would affect our view of God? Interesting one. It does happen. So, yeah, dad is busy or passive or not doing his rule. And um, the house has always been led by mom. Would that affect our view of God in any way or form? Start praising St. Mary. (laughs) Start praising St. Mary. Okay. <laughs> what else? <laughs> On a serious note. <laughs> he's not going to be sold as a shelter or a refuge because he's not really a source of strength. Okay, so yeah, well done. He's not going to be seen as a refuge. Because I've never had this experience. So he's not gonna be seen as a as a refuge, as a leader, as a person that I can resort to when I'm stuck. Because I've never seen my leader like that. A simple example, let's say if a small firm is merging with a mega firm, and suddenly the leader doesn't feel up to the job and decides to go to his office and not face the employees. And every day he comes in and he just shuts the door, doesn't talk to, him, to them. People will feel, well, we can't really go through the trouble. We we'll have to find our own ways, but God is not going to be my way. Does that make sense? So a lot of us look look for lots of other ways. But when you say to them, yes, but God is there for you. Don't worry. Look for ways to resolve the issue or solve the problem. But God is there for you. He's your refuge. I don't get that feeling. I don't believe that. I've never experienced that leadership. I'm just going to move on for the time's sake Again, I had no faith in him I had to contain and parent my mom and dad Maybe we can talk about that tomorrow Some of us had to contain the anxiety at the house Look after the mom or the dad Because one of them wasn't doing uh, that role. And Okay, maybe I'll ask him that one Dad was spoiling I manipulated him loads Dad was just there, well, come on, what do you want? Ice cream? Yeah Sweets? Yeah Chocolate? Yeah. Oh, I don't have time for you. Okay. You, you nag a little bit? Okay, okay. Don't cry. What do you want? I want this, which is wrong. Okay, take it. Take it and play with it. You want to play games all day? So that is a bit passive but also spoiling and was manipulated. How will that affect our relationship with God? God a genie in a puzzle. Yeah, God is a genie in a puzzle, so he does what I want and uh, I feel in control and I feel he's weak as well. He's weak. And I don't feel he's bounded enough. So his words don't mean much to me. People like that always struggle with obedience and discipline. Because they feel, well, I don't need to obey you strictly. I mean, come on, I mean, yes, yeah. Fasting, yeah, well, yeah, let's break that. Prayer, yeah, okay, I'll do it when I can, but let's, let's break that. I don't have to commit to a particular rule. Because I'm used to a father who's very spoiling and no boundaries, no rules at all, do whatever you want. And you'll find that a lot of people who come from that background despise traditions, despise rules, despise um, discipline. And I was abused by my dad. How how do you think that might affect... Abuse here means... Everything. I've just left it there. It could be emotional abuse, frightening, and so on. It could be uh, physical abuse, beaten up, and it could be sexual abuse. And again, when I'm, I'm talking about our father, as we'll see during tomorrow, I'm talking about our fleshly father. But some elements will also be um, relevant to. Um, the father model sometimes, if your servant is your father model or a priest, again the way you experience this fatherhood will influence the way you've experienced God even with yes servant, yes priest yeah. but it's an experience of fatherhood so my last question I was abused by my dad, how do you think that person would relate to God what would be the struggle can't be trusted sorry didn't hear that cannot be trusted Cannot be trusted. Absolutely. He doesn't want... He doesn't want... Sorry, didn't get that. He doesn't want a father figure at all. He doesn't want a father figure. He cannot be trusted. And I mean to him something to please him or to to vent his anger or to uh, fulfill his desire. Actually, again, I looked it up. There was 53 celebrities, Famous ones, I'm not talking about ones that you don't know. But there's no time to put that slide here. 53 celebrities who had been abused by their dad or stepdad. And they all went into sort of being a model, selling their bodies for everyone, selling their beauty for everyone. Because that's what they feel they mean to everyone. I am something for you to use. That's how I relate to myself. As we said, fathers contribute to how we relate to ourselves. But also they believe that God is there to enjoy my torture and to enjoy my struggle. And they can't relate to the father figure because they've been abused by their own dad. Put up your hand if you agree with that slide. Okay? So that's the background to what we are going to discuss in the, in the conference. Again, sorry, my last point is someone might be sitting there thinking, you know what? None of the above. Maybe I've enjoyed the fatherhood. Or actually, some of you might be thinking, again, Michael, you went a bit too far. I mean, I had a a very good dad. I'm gonna tell you, and we'll talk about that in a minute. We're not here to criticize your dad. We're not here to blame your dad and point the finger. But, we're saying, no one had a faultless dad and also, even if your dad was good at things these things that he was good at were limited our call for this conference, our invitation is to actually go beyond what we've experienced the good one and get healing from the negative one does that make sense? so our aim is actually to experience what is beyond what I've experienced the love I experienced was good but the love that is an offer is much different. The care and the support that I experienced in my dad was good. I enjoyed it actually. But the one that is on offer by the Heavenly Father is much more, it's beyond that. And that's what I'm needing to experience. So, our aim from the conference is to help you reflect on your own experience of fatherhood, as we were just doing a little bit. But you want, we want you. To reflect personally on your own experience not other people's experience that's why you will find that the workshops are focusing more on you as a person we aim to highlight the distorted image of the father that we've all shared and we aim to help you start to discover God's own fatherhood because that's the beginning of the healing and that's the purpose of the healing is not to say okay you know the west I had a problem in their psychology. is They focus on individuals only. Not in a relationship with God. So they want you to focus on your own experience. What was wrong. What was good. And how to help yourself. This is not what we are saying here. We are saying by reflecting on your own experience. You have to start the journey of discovering God's fatherhood like you to begin the journey of healing from any wounds that you had and as I say it's a journey as we will see throughout tomorrow and we would like you to start viewing your family through God's grace not through your wounds not through your experience but through God's grace, even if they were nice to me yeah, even if they were very very good and holy people, I'm not saying they have to be bad, but I'm saying you have to make that move of seeing them through God's grace whether they had bad things or good things in them, as we will see also in the conference on tomorrow and the day after, that we often tend to split. This is not the point here. But I'm just uh, came about. We tend to split. Did I have a good father or a bad father? Well, it doesn't have to be good or bad. Our parents had some good stuff that they offered and some bad stuff. The good stuff we need to feel thankful and grateful. Some of us never said thank you to the parents Because they feel, I can only see the negative side The stuff that others had and I never had That's not what we want We want you to see that everyone Every father that we had Had good and bad Had good stuff, bad stuff Negative stuff and um, positive stuff And you need to accept that And reconcile with that fact As we will see tomorrow as well And then go beyond that To experience God's Perfect fatherhood you as a person. And last thing, as I said, not to blame your parents. This is not the aim at all. It's not about them. It's about how you see God's grace, how you experience God's fatherhood. This is the main thing. It's not about that, blame. So Don't worry. And also, it's not to self-pity. Because someone may think, well... I'm a bit worried about this conference. You know what? I'm getting a bit itchy here. Are you asking us to sort of feel sorry for ourselves? And feel, I'm a victim here. I've I've been really uh, damaged. God dear me. I wish I didn't listen to that talk. So, this is not the point. Why? Because it's not really about making you stuck in your past. Stuck in your wounds. And focusing on your... Because there is a call that says you have the right to be children of God So it's not negative about you Actually you have something, you have a big gift We're encouraging you to get it And if your wounds are in the way We're encouraging you to go beyond that and get healed And get that gift of being fathered by God himself So I've taken too long How to benefit from the conference First thing, practice personalized prayer Trying to practice the prayer with everyone But try in your heart to Start practicing a personal prayer Where you start sort of Having that relationship with God as a father Practice prayer that is not Limited to prayer time Because that helps you connect with the father Not just when we are praying You having a chat, having a meal Try practicing your heart That are actually connecting with the father Who has been eager and keen To have that relationship with you make use of a quiet time so it's not to sleep it's not to relax it's actually to contemplate it's to read the passage and reflect and connect with God and then seek support if needed so as we'll say tomorrow as well healing sometimes needs support sometimes you think well I don't think I can do this by myself it's too deep I don't want to go there I don't want to open the box If you don't feel you can, don't do it by yourself. So as we'll say tomorrow, Abuna will have time. And Jane, I will introduce tomorrow, a Christian counselor who will also have time for people one-to-one. And obviously myself, I'm available as well. If you feel you need a little bit of support, a little bit of connection, a little bit of explanation. So seek that if you you need. And take notes when possible. So you'll find a, a couple of sheets there in your pamphlet. And most importantly, when the Spirit talks... Be attentive, because this is the desire of the Holy Spirit. I'm finishing with that, with that concept. This is the desire of the Holy Spirit to reveal to you this fatherhood. It's as if a mother, okay, wants to tell her son, "Your dad is the prime minister. Your dad is the richest in the UK." And this is the voice of the Holy Spirit. He's trying to tell me and you, "Your dad is the heavenly father." Your dad is the king of kings. This is your dad. So when the spirit talks to you through a talk, a song, in between quiet time, be attentive and respond. Because the spirit is more than capable and the only capable person to guide you to this fatherhood concept. Where did they get that from? I'll tell you in a minute. Maybe I skip this one. I'll tell you where I got that from first for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear but you received the spirit of adoption. spirit of adoption. adoption by whom we cry out abba father dad how many of you experienced saying to god dad i have anyone not many the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So the Holy Spirit is taking that witness. You are a child of God. You are a son and daughter of God. And last verse, a really beautiful one. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. That's why I said to you, when you hear the Spirit talk to you, touch you, and highlight something to you, this is the Holy Spirit trying to tell you, this is your dad. I'm going to go back to the slide I missed. Do not. Do not focus on yourself. This is not about discovering your wounds, full stop. It's about discovering God's fatherhood, God's love, God's offer, God's call. Do not. Worry, you are not judging your parents by examining and thinking, how was my relationship with my dad? Do not worry, you are not judging them and falling into sin by doing that. You are doing that to discover where are the wounds where God the Father is keen to heal me. Where are the areas where God the Father is keen to show me that He is different. Where is my distorted image of my dad's? Okay? Do not worry, you are not judging. And do not worry if the helpers, who if you want to talk to, aren't judging your dads either. Because that's the problem. You think, well, if I expose that to somebody, uh, to a boy, for example, he knows my dad. He's going to think very low of my dad. Not at all. Because we've all been there. and we've all agreed that without God's grace, no one has a value. Don't postpone it. You will forget it. Believe me. If you say, "Well, after the conference, when I go home, I'll reflect on everything I've written down this will not happen at all. Don't share traumatic experience in groups. So, when you have workshops, if you have a trauma, don't share it in the group. Okay? You can share it with one of the helpers, but don't openly share the trauma in the group. And remember, Satan doesn't want you to do this. So, there'll be resistance, distractions talks, tone, ringing lots of ways but the Holy Spirit is so keen to reveal this to you, and my last slide on the revelation, I just have to finish with a verse behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God, it's a gift of love, what more John, St. John saying this verse is amazing really, it says, you have sent me, and you've loved them as you you have loved me So we have a distorted image where we're thinking, questioning God's love, God's trust, God's being a refuge. And the Lord Jesus is telling you and me that the quality of love that we have in the Father is the same as the quality of love from the Father to the Son. Don't forget that. When you question His love, His care, His existence, His being, His support, think of that verse. And I've loved them as you have loved me. This is the quality of love that we are here to enjoy. This is your main focus. And lastly, I'm not going to say all the I'll leave you to read them, but uh, I want you to remember the St. Paul saying that we are all heirs of God, because we are children, and joint heirs with Christ. This is a call to discover your inheritance, your heritage, inheritance, sorry. You have a big wealth of love and care and grace because you are a child, you are an heir. and. God's perfect love will cast out fear. Gives us the glorious liberty of the children of God. I'm going to stop here and ask you if you, oh, if you have any questions. Forget about that. Do you have any questions? So far. So tomorrow, we have a talk in the morning. So, um, did you have any questions? No. Okay. I'm just going to stop.